0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active, and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us, enjoy the message. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were meeting together in one place, suddenly There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was filled. Have you ever ever wondered Have you ever wondered if you matter to God? Have you ever asked that question? God, do I matter to you? Do you see me? Do you know me? Do you care about me? Maybe you're in this room right now, and those are some of the things that you've been thinking in this service, (laughs) or maybe this week, Or recently, do I matter to God? I want to share a message with you this morning that I think is going to answer that question for you, that you matter to God, that He loves you, that you are not an afterthought in His mind, that you are at the very center of His heart. And He loves you. We're looking at this subject of the Holy Spirit in this series. And, you know, I love to zoom in on small passages of Scripture. And I love just tearing it apart and looking at it really closely and, like, squeezing out of it everything that's in there. I love doing that. You know something else I love doing? I love zooming out. Zooming right out to see God and how he is at work throughout the entire story of the Bible. That's what I'm going to do with you this morning by the grace of God. (laughs) I'm going to zoom out and we're going to take a look at God's heart for you and I. And in particular, the way that the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, reveals that. You ready? Okay. We're good. So we're going to divide this big story up into four parts. The first part is creation. Can you say creation? Creation. All right. Just making sure you're awake. And then the next section is the fall. It's not such good news. All right. And then we come to redemption. That's really good news. And then the best news of all is restoration. Creation. We'll put a little sun there so you can remember what happened at creation in case you forgot. In creation, it tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that there was this void, there was this darkness. And in verse 2, it says that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the water. And then God said, Let there be light. And what happened? There was light. See, the the Holy Spirit in Genesis is manifesting the will and purpose of God in creation. Now you might think, okay, well, I see God the Father, I see the Holy Spirit, but what about the Trinity? Because you know what? What we're talking about this morning is not just the story of the Holy Spirit, it's not just the story of God the Father. It is the story of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and what they are doing throughout the entire record of Scripture. See, Jesus was present at creation. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing was made that was made except for through Jesus. And then the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. See, what was happening is the Father willed creation, and the creation was made through the Word of the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God created this place called Eden. And this was a place where God and His creation... Adam and Eve, mankind who were made in his image, who, by the way, it says in Genesis, God said, let us make man, make mankind in our image. And then God made man in his image, male and female in his image. Isn't that amazing? And what was going on in Eden Eden was a place where God could be with his creation. Think of it like a temple. A place where God and mankind can meet together. Eden was like a temple. A meeting place between God and mankind. But what happened? Into this paradise came God's enemy, the serpent, and he deceived Adam and Eve, and he lied to them, and he told them that God was withholding from them. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever been told that lie in your heart? God is withholding from you, and the serpent deceived Adam and Eve, and what they did And what they were told to do was they were to live independently of God and decide for themselves what was good and what was evil, what was right and what was wrong. And as a result, what happened? Relationship, this meeting place that God had created for him and his people, that meeting place was turned into a place of darkness. And there was a separation between God and his creation. Death entered into this paradise. Sickness, disease, murder, hatred, all kinds of things entered into this paradise. But the good news is that God said, we're not going to leave it like this. And in Genesis 3.15, God makes a promise. And he looks at Eve and he says, you are going to... Uh, of, of womankind, of mankind is going to come a seed, an offspring of the woman that is going to make all things right. It's going to crush the head of the serpent. That's what God promised. But Adam and Eve were, had to leave this place, this place called Eden, this place where God met with them. And we see darkness covering the whole earth, as I said. But God was not content with this. And we find out that God has a plan, and this plan begins to unfold. He chooses a man named Abraham, and he gives Abraham a son called Isaac. And Isaac has a son called Jacob, and Jacob is renamed by God as Israel. And then Israel has children. Are you tracking so far the children of Israel? And the children of Israel end up in slavery in a place called Egypt. And this is a picture of the slavery that we have in our lives, the slavery to sin. We are enslaved to sin, we cannot stop. We try, we try to improve ourselves, we try to make things right, but we find that everything is broken. And what God intended is not possible for us to live out, not because we're not trying hard enough, but because there is something on the inside of us that needs to change. So God delivers the children of Israel out of this condition of slavery. And this is all a picture of what God is going to do, big picture, that's coming. I forgot to draw my next uh... It's an apple. I know the fruit that they ate from was not an apple. It doesn't say that. But it represents that decision that we made to turn our backs on God and to try and decide for ourselves what was best for ourselves. So in this situation, God is raising up this people called Israel. He delivers them from Egypt. And here's the next thing that happens that I want to point out to you. God calls Moses to create something called a tabernacle. One of the names of this tabernacle is the tabernacle of meeting. Tabernacle of meeting. Because God wants to meet with his people. Because God loves you. Remember, do I matter to God? God did not leave us in this fallen condition separated from him, he decided that he wanted to meet with us. And so this place called the tabernacle is created, and the Holy Spirit gives Moses the directions on how to do it, how to build it. He gives um, people in Israel the power and the ability, the creativity and the skill to create this place called the tabernacle of meeting. And then what happens is God's presence comes and fills the tabernacle. Why does the presence of God fill the tabernacle in the wilderness? Because God loves his people. Because God wants to be with his people. Because God loves you and I. And the presence of God filled that place, filled the tabernacle. And it tells us that wherever the children of Israel went... That tabernacle, they packed it up and they took it with them. Listen to what it says in Exodus 40. The cloud covered the tent of meeting. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, wherever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during their travels. See, God created this place so that he could meet with us, so that he could meet with his people. That's what he was doing in the tabernacle. But the tabernacle was a picture of something else. It was a picture of something else that was coming. Moses had... Rescued the children of Israel by the power of the Holy Spirit the Bible tells us in Numbers out of Egypt brought them into the wilderness to meet with God and that's exactly what it says in in Exodus 19 it says that God told Moses that he had delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt to bring them to himself why? because God loves people And he wanted to have a relationship with them. And then in the Old Testament, after the tabernacle is created, we see God, and the Holy Spirit, empowering the prophets, the priests, the kings throughout the Old Testament. And we see that he anoints prophets to declare that a Redeemer is coming, a Deliverer is coming. Listen to this in Isaiah 42, verse 1. Isaiah is proph- prophesying about a, a Redeemer that is going to come. Not Moses who redeemed them out of the land of Egypt, but the Redeemer who is going to make all things right. The Redeemer that was spoken of in Genesis 3.15. Listen to this. Here is my servant whom I behold, uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him. See the role of the Holy Spirit here? Isaiah is prophesying by the Spirit about a, de- a, a deliverer who is coming, who will have the Spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. And then we come to the redemption part of the story, the part that perhaps we're most familiar with. Jesus comes. And Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit, it says in Luke chapter 1. And then when he's baptized in the River Jordan, listen to what it says there. As soon as Jesus was baptized in Matthew 3.16, he went up out of the water and at that moment the heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. So we have Jesus, the Son, we have the Spirit of God descending on him, and then a voice from heaven said, this is my Son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. See, Jesus comes up out of the Jordan River, and the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove to empower and equip him to be our Redeemer. And then the father speaks from heaven and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my chosen one who's going to do everything that the prophets have prophesied about in the Old Testament. And Jesus is led by the Spirit out of the River Jordan into the wilderness where he too is tested and tempted, just like what happened to the children of Israel. In the, in the wilderness. Except Jesus doesn't rebel against the Holy Spirit like the children of Israel did. Jesus is obedient to his father. And he comes out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. And listen to what happens next. He heads to the synagogue in Nazareth. And in Luke 4:14, 4, it records what happens. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, listen to these words, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty and freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down. I would have loved to have been in that synagogue right there. The eyes of everyone were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Wow. In Eden, God had created a place where we could have a relationship with him, a place where we could meet with him, but sin broke that relationship. So God begins to restore things. He begins this movement towards redemption because he's not content to be separated from us. And so he directs Moses, this deliverer, to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt and to create something called the tabernacle where his presence can be with his people. And then Jesus comes, who is the deliverer. And what happens? The Spirit of God conceives him, fills him, anoints him, empowers him. And do you know what it says about Jesus in John chapter 1? It's so interesting. It says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But that word dwelt in, in the Greek language, guess what it is? Some of you might know. It's the word tabernacled. Jesus is the tabernacle. And you remember how the glory of God filled this tabernacle? In Exodus 40, remember how it says that the glory of God came and filled the tabernacle? Well, John says... That Jesus tabernacled among us, and then he says, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the tabernacle. Why? Because God is in pursuit of us, his people, because he loves us, because we matter to God. Can you see what God is doing? He is the way maker. He's not okay with us being separated from him, with us being dominated and controlled by the power of sin. He wants us for himself, not in some kind of authoritarian, egotistical, domineering way. He wants us for himself, the Bible tells us, like a bride wants a bridegroom, and like a groom wants a bride. He wants intimate relationship with us. So Jesus comes and he tabernacles among us. And the Holy Spirit is the one who makes it possible. And Jesus fulfills his ministry in obedience to the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus wasn't performing miracles and casting out demons all in his own ability the bible specifically says the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do these things and jesus said to the pharisees i cast out demons by the holy spirit see the holy spirit was enabling jesus ministry and then jesus was raised from the dead by the holy spirit but it also says that the Holy Spirit was the one in Hebrews 9:14, I believe it is, who enabled Jesus to offer himself up as a sacrifice for our sin. Can you see the way the Holy Spirit is at work along with the Father and the Son in this redeeming story, the story of redemption? So Jesus offers himself up by the power of the Holy Spirit and he dies and he's buried in a tomb. And then three days later, the power of the Holy Spirit raises him from the dead. And after Jesus has ascended, do you remember what he said he would do? He said he would pour out his Spirit on us, on his people, on everyone who would believe. And now we have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now God makes us his home. Can you see this progression that's unfolding here? We have become the dwelling place of God, the most holy place where God lives and dwells because God loves us and because we matter to God. And every person who has chosen to put their faith in Jesus has become a tabernacle, a tent of meeting where God meets with us. Isn't that beautiful? And the Holy Spirit empowers and enables us as his people to continue the work of Jesus Christ, to share the good news, to pray for the sick, to do the works of Jesus, all through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working towards this day and God the Father and God the Son are working towards a day when all things will be completely restored. Where the rule and kingship of Jesus will be fully realized and there will be a new heavens and a new earth. The Holy Spirit is at work in us right now equipping us preparing us, enabling us to continue the work of Jesus, conforming us to the image of Jesus. And then in in the book of Revelation, it tells us that a day is coming when the Holy Spirit's work in the bride of Christ, because that's what the church is called, all those who believe in Jesus— he prepares a bride who is without spot and without wrinkle, right? Without blemish. And it says in Revelation twenty-two seventeen 17, that the Spirit and the bride say, come. Because there's this work that the Holy Spirit is doing in us as His people. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do is to reunite the groom, who is Jesus, with the bride that's the church. And in the book of Revelation, it describes what's going to happen as a result of this. In Revelation 21, listen to this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, listen to these words, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. Does it sound like anything else that's been happening (laughs) in the past? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. The brokenness that resulted from the fall will pass away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Isn't that beautiful? And then it says in Revelation twenty-one, twenty-two, John is recording this. I did not see a temple in the city. Isn't this interesting? Eden is the temple, the tabernacle. There's also a temple here as well. Jesus is the tabernacle. I see no temple. And why is that? I did not see a temple in the city, Revelation 20, 21 verse 22, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, that's Jesus, are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. So God restores us to a place where we have unhindered access to God, where his fullness can be experienced by us and by all of creation. God makes all things new. He redeems us, redeems us from the power of sin, the penalty of sin, and he makes all things new. God's purpose for creation is fully and finally restored and the Holy Spirit is working throughout this story of redemption to accomplish the will of the Father and to restore relationship with us through the Son. It's a work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what what I believe God wants you to understand this morning is that you matter to Him. Can you see this? You and I matter to God. He wants relationship with us. That is what redemption is all about. Don't just see your sin on that cross. See what Jesus was doing. He was reconciling, as we've been hearing this morning, a relationship between us and God. He was accomplishing that because he loves us. You matter to God, and God is the way maker, like we've been singing about this morning. Think about this. I don't know where you need God to make a way in your life, but if God can do this, (laughs) if God can make a way in this way, if God can make a way for fallen humanity to be restored to relationship with himself— Do you think he can make a way in other areas of your life? If God can work out this plan throughout redemptive history, do you think that he's capable of restoring relationships in your life? Do you think he's capable of making a way in your finances? Do you think he's capable of making a way in your relationships with your spouse or your kids? Do you think he's able? Do you think he is? I think he is. I think God is the way maker. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are the way maker. Because God loves you and I. His heart longs to be with us. And the Holy Spirit, throughout this story, is accomplishing through the sun, the will of God to restore us. You know, when I was uh, getting married <laughs> to Cecile, my wife, God gave me a poem that I actually recited at my wedding. And I want to share it with you right now because it, I think it captures how God feels about you and about me. Would you just close your eyes for a moment and listen to these words. My son at my side, he longs for his bride with a holy, passionate love. Such beauty he sees that he purchased her with his own precious blood. And he longs for the day when her passion for him will burn as a fire within. When the spirit and the bride, united as one, cry out, Lord Jesus, come. (laughs) And I see the heavens open. And I see the king appear. And I see the bride caught up to be with him. I see him draw her near, glorious, spotless, pure. I hear the angels singing, praises all around. I see the king embrace his bride and place on her a crown. Fulfillment of the ages, the hour has finally come. The father presents the glorious bride to his glorious son Father thank you thank you for your love for us thank you that you were not content to be separated from us thank you that you are the way maker Jesus thank you for being willing to become our redeemer. Thank you for being willing to lay your life down on a cross to reconcile us to God. And thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for making this possible. Thank you for your power that you released so that Jesus could give his life unblemished to the Father, the once for all sacrifice for our sin, for raising him from the dead, and through that resurrection, making us right with God. Thank you for filling us as your church with your Spirit. Thank you for transforming us, conforming us to the image of Jesus, preparing us as the bride to be re- reunited to our Bridegroom. Thank you for equipping us to be the ambassadors of Christ, to proclaim this message to the world around us that so desperately needs us. We honor you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We love you today. Amen. Right now, I want us to take just a few moments And let's ask the Holy Spirit how he wants to apply what we've heard this morning to our own hearts and lives. Would you just close your eyes and just ask him to do that for you today? Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.